What's up everyone? It is May 28th, 2019. Welcome into this edition of Washington Football Crunch. I am Micah Chen and I'm joined by as always Luke Monger of Dogman and Jackson Garner of Coog Fan. So Jackson, I'm looking at Washington State's opening schedule and they start off with two very mediocre programs in New Mexico State who went 3-9 and nine last year as well as Northern Colorado which is a big sky school. Yeah. So it's likely the Cougars get off to very hot starts. Could you envision a scenario where Leach carries over the quarterback competition into the first couple weeks of the season? Uh, you know, give Gubert and Gordon a chance to both showcase themselves in these essentially easy games. Um, I don't think, you know, we will talk about this more as the season. I like to not say this during the offseason because I feel like I say it so much during the season. They will not treat an easier opponent like an easier opponent they're going to treat it the exact same um while you can you know you might make a case that that would be smart to be able to see both of them play i i highly doubt that would happen i i could see a situation where this you know they they get up really high on on one of the two schools and then you see the second guy come in and get in for most of but the second half. I, I no 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 I don't <laughs> I don't see that no I think that you were talk we're talking like a fourth quarter mop up role right Hand here. Hand the ball off. Yeah, well, no, I mean they 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 don't do that. That's the thing. Like <laughs> even when you bring in like the the mop up QB, he's still throwing the ball. Um. You know, Anthony Gordon did that. You know, even Trey Tinsley, when he got in for a little bit, was throwing the ball. Um, so I, I don't see that. But, I mean, I you know, is it that, you know, it, yes, it's a weak non-conference, but they still got Houston. Houston's still a good team. And that's why I said the first two weeks of the year, because yeah. whoever wins the job is going to look like the right choice for the first two weeks. I mean, if you want to talk about earning uh, respect from the fans, Earning, earning, earning early credibility. Yeah, those are two teams to do it against. So if Guru comes out as a starter and dominates Northern Colorado and New Mexico State, I mean that 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 will resonate in the fans' minds for at, like even if he doesn't do as well as against Houston. Yeah, it shouldn't just, though. You know, it's like oh, two and one start, three and zero oh start. We got we got our guy right now. It's like out of the, out of the gate. It's like I would expect Anthony Gordon. To go out of the gate two and zero, I would expect Trey Tinsley to go out of the gate two and zero. Came on Cooper, <laughs> I would expect Cam and Cooper to go out of the gate two and zero. I mean, to the degree of difficulty it would be would would range from all the different guys, but like, I think there are four to five quarterbacks on this roster that are capable of taking this team to a two and zero start. Now That's that great. that In really doesn't battle. that really doesn't mean anything. Like, okay, that, okay, great. It's going to be Gage Gruber. He's, I mean, you know, I say that with a grain of salt, but that's what that's kind of where my my head is at. Um, and and yeah, I, th- I think he, he's not. Leach doesn't just give up the the quarterbacking duties for no reason. You know, like we we've seen. Oh, you know, twenty twenty was that seven? Yeah, twenty seventeen when you know Holinsky relieved Falk in, against Boise State, like. There had to have been reason to do it. Falk was playing yeah, poorly, stu- you know, stuff like that. Yeah, strategical in reasons. Game, it wasn't specific to the game. There is no uh, charity playing time. If Luke, if you, you know, Luke, how would you that. feel if the Huskies did something similar with Easton and Hainer in the first week, where they both got equal reps against Eastern Washington? Uh, I feel like it wouldn't be super. Like I, I think there would have to be. 
I don't really know how to articulate it. I, I don't think it would be very effective or efficient for them to do that. You know that we learned I think very at a certain point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think at a certain point you have to uh, like just commit to a guy and, and go forward. Uh, I'm trying to think of how, how I would articulate it, but just I feel like once you kind of get to that point after all of spring and fall camp, if someone hasn't separated themselves in some way, shape, or form, uh, that you have to then, I guess, kind of flip a coin and, and roll forward yeah. with someone. Uh, if nothing else, for the fact, uh, just that like you're actually getting into game weeks, you know, like you start to have to build. I don't know. I just feel like some sort of continuity, and I think you owe it to the rest mm-hmm. of the Two-minute team as well. well you know, yeah. to to just be like, all right, this is our guy. We're gonna go forward. Um, I mean, it, it reminds me kind of of what USC did with Max Brown and Sam Darnold when Max Brown they, came out and yeah, started like the lingered. first three games, and it was just like, what's going on here? And then Sam Darnold yeah. came in and was the best quarterback in the country that year. And it's like, okay, maybe they would have been a lot better if he played every game, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I think it's kind of just what, like, the precedent it sets, you know? Like, find me a team that has ever used two quarterbacks, regardless of how long, even if it's just a, you know, a trial time, which it really doesn't happen, you know? You'll see, rarely will you see teams use two two quarterbacks throughout the entire season, i.e. Cal um, would be the one that we're all familiar with. But rarely, even even rarely, more rare than that would be having a, a trial go into the season, and, and it just like Luke was saying, the continuity, the letting a quarterback develop a rhythm, you know, using those early games as time to develop rhythm instead of trying to find your starting quarterback when you should have been doing that in August, <laughs> yeah, um, instead of September, mm-hmm. you know, it just it's a it's not a a good way to start the season. Yeah, by September, you should be elevating the whole team. And, you know, Gubrud, he's been very quiet. Um, going back to his time in the transfer portal and then during spring ball, you know, he wasn't mm-hmm. very vocal about, like, how he feels Didn't about talk once. right now. Um, but he recently answered a lot of questions that fans were contemplating. You know, what was his mindset? He did an interview with Paul Sorensen, and he is the color commentator for Eastern Washington football, you know, analyzed yeah. his film for the last couple of years. Also a WC football alumni. And uh, just listening to Guru talk about, you know, for example, walking into quarterback, walking into the quarterback room, how was he received? Uh, and it was exactly what we expected. You know, we're just here to compete. Now we didn't find out if he had lunch or lifted weights with any of his uh, fellow uh, quarterback teammates. You know, he didn't really talk to Garner Minshew either uh, prior to making his decision because he said he didn't want to bother uh, Garner Minshew as he started to prepare for the NFL mm-hmm. draft. But as far as the it's summer, I mean, it's it's reps, man. It's all about uh, developing chemistry with the receivers, and uh, and he's going to be devoting his entire summer to that. I mean, this you, sounds like a quarterback you, that we can all get behind. Yeah, you know what's funny about that? How he didn't ask Gardner Minshew about his time at WSU. It's like, I think if there's any person that wants to talk about Gardner Minshew's experience at Washington State... It is Gardner Minshew. Like he, I'm sure, if he would have had that, it's like, oh no! Like I would love to yeah. talk about myself <laughs> and my my six months at WSU. That would be fantastic. So especially, I just think that's funny that he was that too he, modest to like. He, he, oh no, he doesn't want to talk to me. And Minshew looks at Guru, and it's like looking in the mirror. It's, yeah, it's, he's not right? talking to some like low life scrub that wants to transfer in from a D two school and wants the Minshew experience. This is somebody that can very easily follow in his path. And is a perfect candidate to hear his entire story more than really anybody else in the country right now. Yeah, I did, yeah it's just bizarre. Like Minshew hasn't hasn't like hesitated to talk 
to anyone. Like, why would he hesitate to talk to you? I just think that's funny. Um, yeah, he's spending yeah. time in the facilities and probably talking to the guy that transferred in from, well, that came here from Philadelphia. He probably talked yeah. to him as well. <laughs> yeah, pro- probably, you know. They're all quarterbacks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What, we got off the rip. What was the question again? Oh, just is this sound like a quarterback? You know, just listening to his interview or just like hearing his thoughts oh, yeah. on his situation. Uh, maturity is there. Uh, well, you'd he, hope so. He's the you talent. Know, the is grad transfer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he looks. He plays the part of the grad transfer. You know, we didn't hear from him from the whole spring, uh, and a lot of that was probably due to the injury. They didn't want him talking about that, but. You probably have to sense there was a little urge from him to like say something. It, it, I would imagine if you're in that kind of situation, you're used to you know you're spending all that time at Eastern Washington. You're always talking, or you know you're probably one of the the top five guys talking to the media. Like you're used to that role. You want to go out and say something and acknowledge your presence and that was definitely not what happened especially with the whole country or maybe it was per, i mean it's it's entirely possible that it was per his request you know i'm i'm kind of making up scenarios here but um you know it's 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 tough to say it's it's tough to say whether what kind of personality his cuz we have never i or at least i have never mm-hmm. talked to him he's never talked formally talked to the media and it's not like at eastern he had a big platform to you know uh express who he was and because yeah. eastern would win games but that is pretty it was pretty uh like it, it wasn't too deep you know it was yeah it was pretty, well i mean uh, you could, it was you pretty know, surface level that's the thing you that could be who he is he could not be you know he doesn't have to be the gardner Minshew celebrity he can be his own quarterback um and maybe it was by design that that he wasn't you know trying to to f- flaunt his his football prowess and and stuff like that at Eastern and he didn't create headlines because of it, whereas Gardner Minshew did. It, it's it's tough to say, you know, after a season like having a quarterback with Gardner Minshew and realizing how profitable that could be. It's interesting to see whether WSU maybe tries and pushes him that direction. So like you know, we if if he is that quarterback, you know, if he does come out win the job and is exciting you know try and get the personality out of him because yeah, of what, for for what it can do <laughs> for the program so no so this past week jacob eason i mean he's not really a big star like around seattle but definitely looked like a star when you were standing alongside his peers such as trevor lawrence jalen hurts dorian thompson robinson at the quarterback retreat and to me, this is another example of this entire country believing that Eason is an elite prospect, and pretty much everyone assumes he's going to be a starter. Any talk of him not being a starter, they're probably not even aware of, because it wasn't like Hayner was invited to join these yeah. elite quarterbacks around the country. Guys, I mean, even the the modern day guy or the five star guy out of Southern California. Yeah, uh, might DJ. Be actually, yeah, yeah, it might be at uh, Saint John Bosco. Uh, Ethan yeah. Garbers was there. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously this is just further evidence that across the country, that nobody's heard of Jake Hayner. Jacob Eason is the assumed starter. And even if, even if, let's say at this point, Coach Peterson had made a statement that was like Jake Hayner will be our starter. Jake Hayner still wouldn't have been invited. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I just feel like they just went with kind of the sexiest QB picks across the country. 
uh, I was kind of reading up on the quarterback retreat because I didn't know a lot about it. But these uh, college quarterbacks come in as like counselors, right? So I mean, obviously mm. you're going to pick like just the most prototypical quarterbacks yeah. in the country, right? Like Jacob Eason is your prototypical six five, six six, two hundred thirty pound quarterback. Five star guy. Yeah, rip the ball down the field. Jalen Hurts is coming for all the dual threat guys. You know, it's like look at this guy who's uh, yeah. made a career with his legs in, in college. You know, so. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, exactly. Dorian Thompson. Eason was probably the only college guy there who hasn't sealed a starting job, though. I mean, oh yeah, maybe for I'm, sure. Maybe but he's I'm playing wrong. the part. Here, but here's the deal. He here's the deal. In. Is Jacob Eason an elite prospect? Maybe he was. I don't know if he's still. I don't know if we're still calling him a prospect for at least for the college setting. Well, NFL as well. He was a, an elite prospect. He. You can maybe make the argument he still is an elite prospect, but that doesn't mean he's the starting quarterback. There's a difference. No, and, you can and, still be an elite prospect, <laughs> but not be the starting quarterback. And I think that's like w- what puts so many people in this cognitive dissonance is that those two things, you know, are are, are mutually exclusive. And I don't know, like it, it's kind of. Like, do you, do you think anyone's? Do you think people are going to realize that it is a possibility that Hayner kind of pulls this thing out? Because the, the the perception, not even in Seattle, but across the country, is that Eason is the guy. And I'm sure Eason might have been asked a little bit about it. Now he's primarily there to work with the younger quarterbacks. Um, I don't know. Do you think he was? You might. I mean, that's, a, that's been, an awkward. I feel like that's kind of an awkward question. Just wants to, to talk about like how's your how's your how you're doing at UW because he's he's. This is his first chance to play um, in the fall, so he probably probably was asked like, "How are you preparing? Uh, how have things changed okay, since you yeah. first arrived?" There's just casual ways to bring it up without yeah. saying like, "Bro, yeah. hey, heard or not? Heard, yeah, yeah, heard you're the second stringer. What's up with that, dude? Do you regret everything you've done since coming out of high school, <laughs> like going to Georgia, yeah, and then uh, and then and then quitting? And you know, as long as you don't attack them, there's you know, there's ways just to catch up. You know, these guys have all yeah, you know, that's, done the I camp circuit that, I together. I suppose that's true. Um, and then with this quarterback retreat, like something that like the quarterback retreat, like Steve Clarkson that runs this can't pay these guys to come out and counsel. And it's not cheap just to go fly to Southern California and stay for a couple of days and help out at the camp. Is it just status? Like, you know, yeah. being in this elite I just think that's bizarre that they can't even cover the expenses, you know, like you don't have to pay mm-hmm. him. But to at least get them out there, well, they're like they can't—they're receiving something for their name value and their ability yeah. to market the the program. Because so I'm looking right now on the quarterback retreat website, and I know that any high school quarterback that wants to go can, but I think the counselors have to be invited. So I don't. Maybe it's just a feeling of a combination of feeling like you're giving back and like being among the elite college quarterbacks. Uh, Maybe also probably the value. This is like your one time to take a quick vacation. You know, go to Southern California. Yeah. No, no fall camp yet. Yeah, uh, no fall camp, and uh, you know it's not quite summertime yet. So I don't know if they're doing Get away. that many OTAs right now. <laughs> I think everyone's probably right now pretty much just focused on wrapping up school at UW. So yeah. it gives Jacob Eason an opportunity to just kind of be like, okay, I'm going to sneak down. And uh, see what this is all about. That's a, that's a that's a valid point. Like, don't you have, don't you got school, Jacob? <laughs> you know, he might, but it, we're not quite yeah, dead week. Tr- yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah dead yeah. week is next week. Okay. Uh, so 
get a little time off. Uh, yeah. A little calm before the storm. Exactly. I feel that. I was in that same boat. June Mr. and July Eason. coming up here. Just in your general lives, do you guys agree that these are like the most least memorable months when you reflect on the past year? Like, I don't remember. Well, my birthday happened. is in July, so excuse <laughs> the, me. <laughs> the only time we're talking about something that's new is either someone is transferring or someone is getting arrested. And that is unfortunately the nature of these two months. Yeah. But, and, and that's rarely are we, where, rarely are we reporting good news. And I, when you're talking time. about it, like from college football, I'm talking like just personal growth. I mean, does anything happen in July oh. that, like, oh man, July was a hell of a month for me. I, you're t- we're talking about the players, correct? Not I'm talking about you, Jackson. Oh, I'm you're talking, talking about, about me, my own personal growth. Yeah, because I mean, July. I just feel like you, you, people just, especially guys like us that love football, just twiddle, twiddle yeah. our thumbs for the most part. Yeah. I mean, wait, we just count the days till August. Well, I get basically. to look back on all of my birthdays. I, enjoy, I personally <laughs> enjoy the month of July. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I love the time off. Like I, I really enjoy it. The football season is very strenuous. Like. You know, the obviously there's those first week, you know, that hype. But once you get into the season, I mean, like, you know, I'm not going to try and say it's as hard as, on me as it is for the players because that's, you know, physically, it's just not even fair. close. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there is a a grind to it where it's like, ah, oh, man, you know, back to back to the office, which is is unpleasant. You know, it's it's not the same as just waking up every Saturday ready, you know, to yeah. go to a football game. It's not the same as that. Um, so to to answer your question, I do very much enjoy <laughs> June and July where mm-hmm. I get to, you know, just sit and twiddle my thumbs and, yeah. and not really have to, to worry, but put kind of almost put life on pause a little bit and just, yeah, you know, mellow out. I think I do enjoy that. I start to get a little itchy towards the end of July. Yes, though. of but, course. Yes, but it's not like, yeah. I definitely don't loathe the the, the beginning of the summer. Where yeah, you can right. Just unplug for a second. Uh, yeah, you need that time, that like June and July time, to kind of like build up this hunger. Exactly. To approach August, and really, I think for the fall camp because like you get excited about football, July ends, and then it's August 1st, and then it's covering fall camp for yeah, a no, full like, month. Summer's over yeah. at that point. Which, you know, covering camp gets really boring. Like, <laughs> I mean, spring ball is one, I, you, you know, fall ball is, I would say, more interesting than spring ball. Yeah. But still, going to practice after practice every day, it's just like uh, enough of practice. Like, let's play a damn game. Yeah. So, you know, August 9th is not a You almost day. feel to a to a certain degree the hunger is gone by week like there there's excitement for week 1, don't get me wrong. Oh, but yeah. the, but the, the, first the, week the of killer instinct in you to like, "Oh, like let's go out, let's let's tell some great stories." is yeah. that that is already fading. It's like by the time week 1 rolls around, you're just exhausted about football already cuz you've done this for over 30 days straight It's now just in it's it's just it's fully become work. Well, luckily, football is there's no excitement to football anymore. It's just work. Well, luckily uh, week 1 is August 31st, so it feels like it's sooner even though it's just that uh, one yeah. day yep. earlier this year. But are saying like just general college student life. I mean, June and July you're typically working a crappy job and uh, and by the time, you know, August and September roll around and start of a new school year, uh, what you did in June, July, it doesn't matter. It does. It, does, it doesn't feel important. This and, is and, correct. And, um, yeah. You know, December mm-hmm. is an important month, obviously. So, 
very forgettable time coming up here. Uh, by the time next year rolls around, you won't remember what you did. Uh, starting in June. So, uh, but this uh, this past week, uh, some Pac-12 team predictions uh, were announced, uh, released. Um, kind of like uh, s- projecting and who you by, believe the by stars whom, are going to be. May I ask? Uh, Athlon Sports. Oh, our yeah, friends released. at Athlon. <laughs> Yeah, not they're exactly. wild. They're wildly accurate predictions. Uh, not, not much of a working relationship, but uh, we just want to go over the list and hear if there's anybody who got snubbed or should maybe they're on a third team and you think yeah. they're you know maybe belong on second team potential. So uh, we'll start on the WSU side. Uh, Tr- Jalen Thompson is going to be is the only first team like like defensive player, but then Travell Harris was also nominated as a kick return guy because he's just a this metric. Is, these are conference teams, correct? Yeah, Pac-12. Okay. Um, second team was Abraham Lucas and yeah, I feel Jihad like Woods. That could be Abe Lucas could be the one where they they mistake a second or a, a second for a first. He could definitely be on yeah. that first team. I thought Max Borgie was a little low. Yeah, well, Borgie's oh, on a yeah. third team, and this is all twelve teams, right? This isn't just like the Pac-12 North. This is yeah, yeah it's all twelve. Conference. Okay, so. But every team has a feature to run. I mean, maybe not UW, but for the most part, every team has their workhorse back that's going to get a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I also feel like, you know, James Williams got hurt, got kind of hurt by this. And I don't know if, if I'm on the, but I feel like most Pac 12 coaches do not necessarily account for the lesser workload that WSU running backs get. They look at, uh, Jamar Jefferson is like, oh, well, you know, what, the dude's taking 25 carries a game and he's carrying that Oregon State team (laughs) and he's putting up big numbers. Like, he must get the nod over a Max Borgie who is arguably a better running back and does more with the fewer touches that he gets. But, you know, what are you going to do about it? It's like this, you know, on paper, Jamar looks better because he's got the better numbers. Bigger back, more true. Yeah. um, Do you say more potential? Uh, Probably in the eyes of... You you think so? You think Jamar Jefferson has more potential than Max Borgia? Okay. NFL potential. I think think that's that's an interesting take, but, um, you know, like I, I guess I understand it, but you'd expect from the voters... Uh, and the the vote do coaches do coaches vote for for pe- uh, conference teams correct? And yeah, uh, and yes. yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. So that's you. You'd think that the coaches would would see through you know getting fewer touch like you know a, a lower workload, and maybe the coaches do actually think that you know some of these other running backs are better than Max Borgie. I don't know, but um, I've always felt that the lighter workload for WC running backs have always held them back in, in terms of conference and uh, all-conference, all-American voting. Well, what about you know? the fourth team with Tay Martin and Desmond Patman? Because if Tay Martin is going to be, is going to increase on his 69 receptions from this past season and be that star receiver, yeah. he could easily be a second or first team just based off work. Yeah. Well, I think that's, the same that's probably the idea. It's like, do we think because if he does repeat, you know, a seventy reception season with More yards, eight or nine touchdowns, you know, eight or nine hundred receiving yards, yeah, that's probably right about a fourth team receive, you know, fourth third team receiver. Um, so it sounds like what they're trying to say, or like maybe what Athlon's trying to say is, we expect him to do about the same. We don't expect there to be a jump. 
and also there's just so many options that it could go down. Yeah, like, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to repeat. Yeah, leading team in receptions, especially at Washington State. Yeah, um, it, on, definitely. On the UW side, uh, the three first team nominations are Trey Adams, Nick Harris, and Hunter Bryant. Then second team yeah. receiver and Aaron Fuller, Levi Enzarike, Miles Bryant. Uh, third team, Savon Ahmed and Jackson Kirkland. Fourth team, Benning Putai and Elijah Molden. Yeah. So, no Keith Taylor. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I thought that was, Elijah. like, individually, I thought it was weird that Keith Taylor wasn't on the list, considering that he started a couple games last year and was, like, kind of talked about a lot. But the weirder thing to me is that there isn't a single Husky on the first team All-Pac-12 defense. Uh, considering the fact that they've had the best defense in the Pac-12 statistically for four years in a row, don't you think they just yeah. find a way to fit one guy on yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, just... Take a well, shot. You second know. team, Inzariki, Miles Bryan, those would be the most likely to make first team. I, I thought you and could put Keith Taylor on the first team, but apparently they <laughs> maybe they just see maybe him. they just he, maybe they're just hedging their bets with the Miles Bryant um, on second team. It's like ah, well, you know, if he gets first team, we, we were close. Yeah, you know, exactly. Second team. Just I feel like of, it's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, <laughs> but just yeah. I mean, someone like someone from the Huskies is going to be a first team All Pac-12 defense. Yeah, like I, I would be willing to put some money on that. Brandon Wellington, if he's going to be the yeah, Brandon guy Wellington. We expect him to be surprised that he's not on that list anywhere. I mean, he's a guy who, towards the end of last year, was making like was churning out some pretty productive games. I want to go and see if I can find like a game log on him or something. Yeah. But it most likely come out of the secondary because you think one of those guys is going to just totally dominate. That's yeah, what we think. Who knows? Like maybe the There's first probably, teamer is a guy we don't expect. Um, Probably had more uh, sure-handed prospects in the first team, guys that have been multiple-year starters. Well, so is Miles Bryant. So <laughs> uh, there's uh, these don't mean too much in the long run. All that no. matters is yeah. The, the other thing that stood out to me, obviously, is uh, no Jacob Eason. So Athlon Sports isn't willing to make a bet that Jacob Eason is going to start. <laughs> yeah, they're not because I think I think if they think that Jacob Eason, or like I think if Jacob Eason starts, he'll probably be. Like numbers wise up there, right? I mean, I don't know if that's a safe bet or not, but I I just think it's interesting to point out that Athlon Sports, you know, uh, Steve Clarkson has sipped the Jacob Eason uh, Kool Aid, but Athlon Sports has said no so far. So that's interesting. Make it. They're uh, they're reading. They're they're staying up to date on uh, all the reports coming out of camp. Maybe they're they're dogman subscribers. (laughs) Perhaps reading too much into it. I don't know. Easton can be second team all UW. You can be the number two option if it's second team UW. all UW. Yeah, that's, that's what. <laughs> what what an honor! Right uh, so, an interesting article came out on uh, Puka Nukua. Yes. Is that correct? Yeah, Puka Nukua. Um, in the Seattle Times, talking about you know what kind of impact he can make when he comes when he arrives this fall in yeah. Washington. Uh, and you know he, I know his four star status, and it's easy to look at his success in Utah. And kind of hailed him as the next big playmaker, but so was Terrell Bynum, so was Marky Spiker, and yeah. so was Ty Jones and Trey Lou, and I mean, I mean Austin Osborne. There's so many like four star receivers. Chico was kind of borderline four star when he arrived. There's just it's just dumb to say that because he's the top receiver in the state. You know, he's a he's a four star guy. Everybody looks good as a playmaker in high school. It makes yeah. him different. Supposedly, he can you, make an impact. You kind of. Freshman. Forgot to mention his incredibly athletic lineage. Yeah, he's a couple of brothers. Nothing wrong with that. Hell, yeah, definitely. Yeah, has. I mean, Pac-12 brothers. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember his brother's name at Utah, but he's 
a contributor for a Pac-12 team. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, it's funny. I think if anything, the fact that he's from Utah would kind of make his production a little more like, okay, like, yeah, this guy's good, but I mean, he did it playing in Utah. So yeah, they, got, they got good football in Utah. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Maybe not name value. <laughs> but if you're, if you're thinking like, I don't know, I, I think it's easy to look at a receiver from California and be like, oh, in his league, there are four, yeah. three star or better defensive backs. So he must be playing against excellent competition, you know, but th- there's just something, I don't know what it is about Puka, but I, I remember, I mean, there were uh, 24, like, uh, I think it was, uh, gosh, how am I blinking on his name? Blair and Gulo and other 24-7 uh, sports writers that, that towards the end of his uh, recruitment, people were talking about him potentially being the best receiver on the West. Now, I don't, like, obviously I'm not a scout. I don't know what made him stand out, but I think it's just a combination of just kind of the productivity. And like Jackson mentioned, he has a very athletic lineage. Uh, I'm going to try to pull it up, but I think he put together some really exciting numbers at the uh, combine, which or not, not the combine at the uh, opening, which I don't know if we've discussed fully. How much do we believe the opening in terms of the numbers? Oh, we produce? buy into it. The, the Husky, the Husky kind of no, the, like the opening, the, like the one that Nike, Nike does. spark. Oh, the Nike spark. Oh, I think, I think we, we put stock in the Nike spark. Yeah. I mean, because they it, allow you to scratch your number because yeah. everybody gets embarrassed and yeah. everyone does, but yeah, I'm trying to remember. Like, I, I can't find exactly what the Puka, spark I, score was, but he put together like a, you know, 36 was, inch vert. No, he was listed, four, six, 40 40. Uh, he was listed as a 40 inch vertical. Jeez. Uh, wow. Holy cow. And then, like I'm just looking in a lot of Huskies have made the comparison and then scouts as well. I've made the Dante Pettis comparison just cause he's kind of got that lanky springy kind of acrobatic athlete profile, not necessarily the John Ross like blow right by you. But I think all of that has people pretty darn excited. And I just think the fact that the Huskies have been kind of waiting for their savior at wide receiver since the uh, 2016 season makes whatever the top guy that they bring in in that class is going to get this sort of hype. So, I mean, who do you put him over then when it comes to fall camp? I mean, do you put him over Chico? Do you put him over Aaron Fuller, Ty Jones? Well, obviously you you don't put him over anybody at the beginning of fall. He will put himself over other people. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be a long road. Gosh, I mean, it's tough to say. Bynum Is he not going to get a chance now? I mean, load, not it, it's hard to predict. I mean, but I mean, y- y- you'd expect him to kind of off the bat, maybe separate himself from walk-ons who are getting playing time or maybe, oh, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> like or it just within the first couple weeks or maybe yeah, like first, a, maybe like, like a day one. Jordan Chan or something uh, who's been on scholarship for a while, but hasn't quite made a contribution. Also, R- Jordan Chin's first catch was a diving catch in the Rose Bowl, which is just so sweet to me. I don't yeah. know why, <laughs> but uh, gosh, I mean, it's, it's hard for me. Like you can't really pick out, individual guys yeah. that he'd take over he'll have an That's opportunity because it doesn't it to, doesn't work that way yeah he'll have an opportunity to edge out like quentin pounds because quentin pounds is coming back from a knee injury uh that's a level playing field yeah yeah and then gosh i mean then you're thrown into kind of the thick of things where you have it seems like eight guys at u-dub that's like okay hopefully three of these guys are really good you know and then hopefully just, one of them shows up and produces big time yeah, nice to have one like super productive. Receiver. It's nice. I mean, there are a ton of serviceable receivers. Like a lot of teams would be happy to have Aaron Fuller and Andre Bocelli and Chica McClatcher and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like, who's your one guy that's going to make it so that you can 
have those guys running open across the middle all game long because you have three guys worrying where uh, Puka or John Ross or whoever is. Marcus Spiker. Uh, you know, Ty Jones. Yeah. Something. Austin yeah, Osborne, yeah. yeah. So Puka is going to be a, one of those impact freshmen, apparently, very likely to get early playing time. Well, let's get ready to start wrapping it up. It's definitely the lightest time of the year for football, but there's always something going on. I think today is the first day of spring ball for high school football. So you're likely going to see some chatter start to emerge, just like Washington rankings, uh, some team previews. That's likely to come out over this next month. Um, and speaking of uh, you know what to look for, uh, you should definitely uh, connect with us. Send us a tweet at Micah underscore Chen, at Luke Monger, and at Jackson M. Garner. We would love to talk football with you. Join the conversation. It's an ongoing dialogue. Definitely. Yeah, I don't have to ask questions. Just give your opinion. Well, <laughs> well we want to hear it. So uh, that's something that uh, we, want, we want you to connect with us on that. And your next edition of Washington Football Crunch will be next Tuesday, June 4th. For myself, Luke and Jackson, we are signing off. Thank you for listening.